Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Omni, the investor guy from the Cashflow Breakfast Club. I am super excited to have him here because he has a lot of experience helping other investors see success in the in, in the real estate sphere. So Omni, thank you very much for hopping on. Excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Um, I told you before we got on here, we like to hear how people got into real estate. I'm sure you got a good story. So why don't you take us back to the beginning? How'd you get started in real estate in the first place? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm born and raised in Hawaii, started my my real estate career out there, a fairly entrepreneurial family. And uh, I didn't necessarily jump into real estate right away, but I knew I didn't want to uh, be an employee. So I wanted to own an, own my own business. And I went down the path of multiple businesses um, starting and, and uh, running growing up. Somewhere along the way, I just stumbled across real estate as being an amazing business, um, both on the investing side, on the brokerage side, and been doing that for about 20 years. Uh, relocated out to Northern Virginia, just outside of DC uh, market about 12 years ago. Uh, my wife's uh, family is out there, and and we wanted to um, be closer to them, and that gave me an opportunity to diversify where I was investing and open myself up to more more markets. It made it easier that way. So uh, that's been uh, my my journey in in a quick nutshell. Nice man, I love it. Um, and yours yours kind of is similar to mine. Is uh, you know, I knew I wanted to be start my own business, and I just started doing things left and right until I finally landed. <clears throat> apologize, landed on uh, real estate. What did you get into before real estate? What kind of businesses did you try to start? Man, I was always about leveraging um, people, you know, and, and so starting out, I, I would say as as a kid growing up, you know, figuring out what sort of jobs could I get and then pay my brothers to do and make a margin on. Uh, so that was, those I was probably taking advantage of my brothers, maybe my first business. Um, but, you know, further along uh, out of college, me and, and some buddies opened up a retail store at the mall there in Hawaii. Oh, wow. So we were in the retail business. Um, I've owned vending machines. I don't ATM businesses. Uh, some of the best employees I've ever had were machines. Um, <laughs> they, they don't call in sick, right? So uh, you have uh, that side of things. I um, ran a, so I worked at a surf shop um, back, back in Hawaii in, during school. And we took in old surfboards and sold surfboards. It wasn't my surf shop, but I was able to buy surfboards and actually flipped surfboards, you know, uh, as part of that process. I'm, I'm there anyways, might as well fix it up, polish it up, sell it for a margin. And that led me to thinking, what, what are some more expensive things that I could flip? And real estate, you know, kind of became an obsession of mine, went down that flipping wholesaling path, quickly realized I didn't want to be a flipper, didn't want to do that my entire life, uh, made good money doing that, but realized I needed passive income. And so that that put me down an obsessive path, um, path for, you know, passive income, rental properties of, of any sort really um, has been my focus. That's uh, that's funny that you flip boards. You really you can flip absolutely anything. I hear the craziest stories about people flipping, uh, you know, just things like shoes, yeah. boards. My old uh, my partner um, on a deal we did recently, he got started flipping cars. I know that's not super super niche, but 
but yeah, you can flip anything. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting to hear people's um, take on that one. So you got into flipping, flipping houses was your first kind of foray into the real estate side, right? Correct. Nice. Um, but you did not stay there. So what kind of got you out of flipping and uh, what was your next, next step after that? So I was good at making money. Um, I was not good at keeping money. Um, and, you know, when you make a lot of money, you tend to spend a lot of money and, um, you know, needed the uh, more consistent income. Uh, mm. I needed I needed a job income. I just didn't want a job. Right. And so right. need to uh, have something that replicated more consistency more than anything. Um, and so I was still in Hawaii at that point. And a lot of the deals I was doing was in Hawaii, which is very expensive. It's very expensive back then as well. And had to start looking at markets outside of Hawaii and uh, venture into lower price point markets. Um, but the effort to run and manage a team for a fix and flip on a comparable um, percentage-wise margin on a lower price point property didn't make a lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cash flow. Um, started to make more sense for me. And so I was able to find more cash flow markets outside. Um, and that helped me, you know, with my passive income. Um, you know, my worry was always as a wholesaler or flipper is what's the market going to be doing? What's the market tomorrow, next week, next year? And I was able to kind of switch to a mindset of if I buy this property and if I analyze it correctly and I just commit to hold it forever, like if mm. I, what if I held this yeah forever. No longer does it matter what the value is tomorrow, right? Sure. I would love the value to go up. I'd love to be able to tap into it. But if I never had to worry about that again, that was freedom for me. And Mm -hmm. so I went down the path of just saying, I need to buy right. I need to buy for cash flow. And because of the cash flow, no matter what happens to the value tomorrow, if it drops by 50% tomorrow, I'll be sad, but it won't affect my actual investment. Um, and so that was the path uh, that I went on and kind of shifted from single family homes into small multifamily homes to mid-sized multifamily homes. Now I do a lot of portfolios, kind of buy them in batches um, and and do some, some mid-sized apartment buildings as well. Nice, man. I love that. And I like that you kind of, um, you focused on cash flow. I think that's thing, uh, the thing that a lot of new investors they don't. They're really looking for that quick buck for the flip for the wholesale, um, and they don't really look at things through the lens of cash flow. And I feel like that is crucial if you're even for single family. Um, if you want to have a single family portfolio, looking through the lens of cash flow is king. Um, because if if you're trying to flip a house that doesn't uh, doesn't make sense on paper, then it's just it's not a good deal. Um, so you went from single family to multifamily. Why did you? You said you decided on uh, Virginia as your main market. So this wasn't my main market. Uh, this is just where my wife is from. So uh, at some point, we, we achieved a baseline financial freedom through the rental properties. And um, we got I was able to say, hey, we can go live wherever you want. Where, what do you want to do? And she quickly said, I want to go live with near my, my family in Northern Virginia. And so that was the the reason for the move out here. We weren't actually investing in this market yet hmm. um, because I was able to um, get pretty good at remote investing, setting up teams, yeah. never managed properties myself after the first few years and hire good property managers, good real estate agents, you know, uh, partner with other investors to get to know markets. Um, and so that allowed me to be fairly remote and, and it didn't matter where I was. Now, when I moved out here over the last, I would say five years, I put more of an emphasis to try to actually buy more in Virginia, Maryland, uh, and a few states around me. 
primarily because not because they're better places to invest. Um, I, I have three young kids. My oldest is, is 13. My youngest is seven. And I wanted something closer to point to that mm. I can drive them by, take them mm-hmm. to and give them a hands-on experience. Right. We, we look at the numbers. I try to like have financial conversations with them as much as possible, but a piece of paper is a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get to go to a property and actually put in some sweat equity for the day or, or punch a hole in the wall for renovating it and just kind of make it memorable. Um, that's what I was missing out on, or maybe they were missing out on. So I intentionally uh, start to invest in this area for, for that reason. Yep. And I, I, I really like that you did that. Um, it is, you know, so many people they hear I, I only invest out of state. I'm in Washington State, and I just do out of state stuff. Um, and people are always nervous, you know, and they want to get into investing. There, they think that you have to invest in state. You don't. You can easily run an out of state portfolio. But I like that you're, you know, you decided to focus there just because you want to be able to see the structure. You want to be able to, you know, take your kids there. Um, I've I totally understand where you come from uh, from that perspective. So I want to dive in a little bit into remote investing. I know that you're focused more on your local area just so you can have something physical near you. Um, But remote investing is, I feel, a a great option for new investors who really want to find cash flowing properties, especially if they're in areas like, you know, San Francisco, LA, Seattle, um, some places where the price point's a little bit higher. So on remote investing, what is your advice for someone just starting out um, to get to to build their to begin to build their portfolio and their team what are the first few steps that you take to uh, to start doing that yeah that that's so crucial and then there's many great books about that uh, that were put out met podcasts i think um uh, there's one called the remote real estate investor, I think by David green, that's mm. a decent book that kind of, uh, details that it starts with your team and really starts with mindsets more than anything, right? Because I'm a control freak. And I think most investors probably are control freaks, right? Cause I feel like I would do it best myself. I've always felt that right, but it's wrong. I I've tried it myself. I'm a terrible property manager. I'm a terrible landlord. I'm a terrible, you know, all those things. Um, but still, if I bought a property next to me, I would still probably try to do it. So, um, you know, remote real estate investing forces you to let go forces you. Because if you buy something like, I kind of want it somewhat near, I I think I'm going to outsource this. You're probably not going to outsource it. You're going to feel like, you know what? It's so close. It's only 50 minutes away. I'm going to, I'm going to manage it. Think of the money I'm saving. But every (laughs) single time it turns out that I lose money managing things myself. I lose money doing it myself. I actually have to be a better investor, more disciplined, meaning probably finding a better property to begin with that has the right margins so that I can pay someone else well to do it. Right. And so that is really what it comes down to is finding the right market, the right deal, and then putting your team together. Right. We talked about property managers are so key. They are the most key person on your team. Um, I have had amazing investment properties in really good markets that I've never done much more in that market because I have an okay property manager. And you cycle through property managers after a few years, you try out a few people and it's not a perfect science. And unfortunately, not everyone is is the right fit uh, for what you're trying to do. And I've had some average investment properties in decent investment areas that have been amazing. And it's because of the right property manager, the right team in place, the right expectations. So um, that's really it. So you're, you're kind of testing out markets. I don't go all in on a market until I have a proven 
property manager, a proven real estate agent, you know, contractor team. Often I'm getting the rest of the team from them, um, but that can help me manage that completely remotely where once a month I'm, I'm seeing a check or a wire deposit is really what I want to get to. Um, But, you know, setting it up and getting stabilized in a new market, that's work, right? That is the job that we put in to become a passive investor. We put in months and months of work to build that team. Sometimes it's quicker, sometimes it's longer. But once you build that team, ideally, the property over time should be a really good investment managed by someone else. Man, preach it. I've been shaking my head over here up and down because you uh, you hit it on the head, especially from my experience. Um, property management, you guys, if you can find a good property manager, they are worth their weight in gold. That is the number one team member that you need on your team. Um, and I, you said it yourself. I've you know, it's hard to find good ones. Um, I, especially for self storage, I went through a couple before I finally landed on the one that I have now. And she's, you know, they're rock stars. But, um, but getting that good property manager is difficult. Do you have uh, any, you know, any tips for people looking to find a good property manager? I think some people just have the skills, the the personality, the organization skills, and some people don't, right? So mm-hmm. ultimately, no matter what, some people will be good, some people won't. But I'd say there's a lot of people that could be amazing or could be amazing for you. They just don't have the right ex- uh, the right expectations are not set. So having high set expectations up front is key. And then um, really the shift for me was because I, I I bought one property, call up a property manager, want them to be like, I want them to treat me like their number one client, right? I want them to make sure that, you know, I, I have 100% occupancy all the time and 200% <laughs> over market, what, whatever, right? So unrealistic <laughs> expectations as a new investor. And by the way, how cheap can you do it, right? So yeah. <laughs> I was a terrible investor and a terrible landlord to a property manager. And it wasn't until I got into the brokerage side, I'd never gone to property management, but I, 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 be, several property managers became my friends. Man, they have terrible margins. That's a tough mm-hmm. job. They don't make that a lot is, of money doing yep. that. And so I, I said, well, what if I could pay a property manager more than average? What if I can, instead of one property, give them 50 properties of mine to manage? Now I become a better investor for them. Now I become much more important. And guess what? What I wanted them to do, they'll absolutely be doing because I'm 50% of their portfolio or of their business. And so I do be become the more important customer than anyone else. So I always want to be the most important customer, but now I know I have to commit to becoming that number one customer for them. And I tell them up front, I say, here's what I do. This is my first property in your area. If you're successful, show them what I've done in other areas. I will do the same. I will continue to buy everything that comes up that makes sense. And I'm going to give it to you. And we can go from one unit to 10 units to a hundred units that you're managing for me fairly quickly as long as we have this line of communication and this line of expectations and this minimum return, right? And that's what what I'm testing right now. And some property managers roll their eyes and say, yeah, whatever. And some are saying, yeah, let's do it. And they become a partner in in the growth because I'm helping them grow as much as they're helping me grow. Yep. That is, uh, I, I like that. And it really, um, it just goes to show that doubling down on a specific area, once you do have, you know, once you find your first property in an area, you know, Nashville, whatever the metro is, doubling down in that metro, actually, it in, it helps your portfolio because you're able to, you know, use a property manager and kind of get economies from scale um, from them. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to me. 
Uh, so I'm going to move us on just a little bit. The other side of your business is brokerage, uh, which means you find you're you're good at finding deals. So give us one uh, good advice for people out there looking for deals. What is it? Um, what can you do to increase your lead flow? Man, I've done everything possible, right? I've done bandit signs. I've done door knocking. I've done <laughs> I did calls, bandit signs too, right? man. Those so things are garbage, right? Um, I don't do any of it right now. Um, I, I, I build the network. I think is is probably the most effective thing. Build a network, add value to that network, tell everyone in the world what you're looking for, and you'll be surprised. Most of my deals last year, so we had a target to buy 52 properties last year. We didn't get it. It was 46 that we ended up closing on last year, Close. which is our, one of our best years ever. Um, and it was from just me telling people, here's my goal. I have this big goal. I don't normally buy this much, but I'm trying to do this. Here's what I'm looking for. I run a local meetup. It's called the Castle Breakfast Club, uh, similar to the, the book that we put out. And and it's about 100 investors, agents, clients, every, everyone. Everyone tells everyone what they're looking for, but you provide value to people in that in that room. And then you say, by the way, here's what I'm looking for. I'll look for what you're looking for. You look for what I'm looking for. And then deals just find your uh, you that way um, if you're you're consistent in that networking side. So if I had to do, do one thing, it would be network as much as possible, network in the right way where you are telling people very specifically. Starting out, I said, I'm looking for a good deal. And no one sent me anything, right? So they, they sent me things and I'm like, well, that doesn't look like a good deal. So I had to be very specific. Here is the price to rent ratio. Here's the general areas. Here's the price point. Here's a multifamily. Now I'm only looking for portfolios. The more specific I got, the more deals they found me where before yeah. I felt like I don't want to, I don't want to narrow down too much. I just want to be open to look at anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing really found me because What's a good deal? That's so subjective, right? So be yeah. as specific as possible. Network, tell everyone what you're looking for. Yeah. And I, I think that advice can be applied to pretty much any any lead generation you do in real estate. Um, because if you don't know what you're looking for, you just you don't find anything. I did the same thing at one point. I, I marketed to the entire nation for for properties and I got fewer deals doing that than uh, than focusing on one specific metro just because now I know what I'm looking for. Exactly. Um, and your eyes just start to catch it. All right, I took a peek. We are over our limit, so it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Starts with books or any form of education. Um, give me two recommendations: one for general life wisdom, and then one for real estate specific. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of general information, non real estate book. I just read this about a month ago. Ran a book club. I probably read this four times in the last month or two. It's by Alex Hormozzi, the hundred million. Million dollar offer or hundred million dollar offers. I think it's like the number one book on Amazon right now. Hmm. Um, amazing book on writing offers, online marketing. Uh, you can make it apply to any business, and I it, there's no correlation to real estate uh, investing whatsoever. But you can absolutely take some of those principles there. So if you own a business or trying to grow a business, trying to market, trying to trying to make unique offers, that's a must uh, read book there. Um, in terms of the real estate side, um, you know, cliche is is rich dad, poor dad, but that changed my life like it changed many people's lives. And um, it's funny, I got to re- meet Robert Kiyosaki um, in Arizona a couple months ago. And, and, and as a person, you know, eh, you know, he's kind of, you know, a little crazy right now, um, you know, but that doesn't change what he put in this book, right? Yeah. So uh, some people are like, I don't want to say that anymore. The reality, it just changes your mind altogether. And I would not be on the path um, that I, that I went on, you know, without that book. Um, yeah. The, the, the book that I, I wrote cashflow breakfast club, 
follows a very similar narrative and path to that. It's in a story format. And all it is, is just understanding that there's multiple paths to go on and really chasing your financial freedom first before trying to shoot for the stars for that generational wealth or legacy is, is probably one of the more important things that you get out of those books. Nice. I love it. Um, and where can people find your book? So it's on my website, omnitheinvestorguy.com. It's on Amazon. Uh, we It's e, e-published and print right now. We are working on the Audible in the next uh, week. That should be out as well. Cool, man. Love it. Um, and I just pulled up $100 million offers on Amazon. I haven't heard of that before, but reading the little description here, I'll definitely have to pick that up. That sounds, uh, sounds like definitely. a good one. All right, moving on. This one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Omni who had zero experience in real estate, he was just getting started. Go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. I would um, retire quicker. Um, I have a goal <laughs> to retire every 10 years to, to stop what I'm doing. And I, so I, I need to be financially free by 30 and and retire. And then I need to build generational wealth by 30 and retire and and basically mentally move on to something else. And it helped mm. me do some really amazing things. If I had to go back, I'd do it every three years instead of every 10 years. Just find a way to fire yourself and retire. Because when you know that you have this pending deadline, this doomsday deadline of I got to retire or, or whatever it may be, um, become financially free, whatever you're working on right now, you're going to fast track it to the seventh level of how do I do this and remove myself from the equation and still make it work. Because many people build businesses that they can never pull themselves out of, which means you have a really amazing job, but the moment you stop, it's still just a job, right? So uh, retire or fire yourself quicker. Nice. I like that. And I like that you said uh, in, you know, in your frame of retirement, you're just saying mentally remove yourself because that is, um, that's really a good goal to go for because you have this end goal. Once you hit it, it doesn't mean you're going to stop working. It just means now you've hit that goal. Now you can move on to the next thing. All right, moving on. This is for what the United States. It's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there to invest. So give me one market out there that you are most excited about investing in today. Man, um, there, there's so many better answers to what I can come up with this because <laughs> I'm not looking at so many things, right? It is what, what, what's driving me. So um, we've been out to uh, Scottsdale, Sedona, Arizona, mm -hmm. three times this year, right? For various conferences, for various vacations. We love it there. And so I'm wanting, so I'm digging into it. I'm like, man, it's a great market as well. It's going up crazy like in prices, but there's so much opportunity. So personally, I love the Phoenix market. Well, like mm -hmm. everyone loves the Phoenix market, um, but, but more so than the Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, Phoenix, uh, Arizona market, um, it's just, Think of places that you want to go and you like to go, right? That's mm -hmm. what I think about. Why do I want to go there? If I want to go there, other people probably want to go there. And that, more than anything, will stand the test of time through any sort of recession. People are, are still going to want to be in certain areas. And Phoenix, Scottsdale, Sedona is one of those areas right now for me. Nice. That's uh, that's good advice. That's um, Charleston for me. I absolutely love that city. I've been looking for a self-storage out there. So if anybody listening has a self-storage in Charleston, Definitely shoot it my way. Nice. Um, all right. So next one is tools. They form the backbone of our businesses. So point to one tool that you could not live without. Oh, boy. Um, so CRMs, you know, for, for your database management are so crucial, both on the broker side, the investor side. 
um, uh, right now, uh, not tool, more system, my virtual assistant systems mm. are more important for me for anything. Cause I have tools that I don't even know how to use, right? I have <laughs> tools that I know are important, but, and I've had them for a while that were useless until I hired the right person to use those tools yeah. for me. So I would say the systems around it. And as soon as possible, once again, fire yourself, which means someone else needs to do that work. And it could be a virtual assistant helping you do that. Yep, Absolutely. All right. And that leads us to the last question. Uh, this is for the listeners. Repeat, how can people get in touch with you and uh, and get in contact or get access to your book there? Yeah. Uh, so it's on Amazon. It's everywhere you can buy a book. Uh, my website is omnitheinvestorguy.com. And on there, it talks about our investor club meetup that we run. We're expanding to multiple markets. It's a free education event that I, I think is one of the the mo- really good education. But you know, it's almost like a forced. Here's the thing about meetups or or, or networking. Most people that need to network hate networking, uh, and so we force you to network. We do a speed dating round every single time as an assignment. So even those people that don't really want to network make those connections out of that. So so a better meetup uh, kind of uh, content there, and talks about some really cool projects that we're working on that uh, we we like to um, keep people involved in. Cool. So omnitheinvestorguy.com, uh, same thing, same handle. Omnitheinvestorguy on all social media handles. Perfect. Omni, the investor guy. I will put that URL in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out to Omni, just go ahead and click a little more in the description. That'll pull down the full description. And in there, you can find his URLs. So that Omni, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. For everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.